It's very soothing. Is that your cup of tea? Like, how would you classify your musical taste? I'd call mine eclectic. And what we're going to learn about this morning is that everyone's actually is kind of unique because how we perceive music individually is unique. And it turns out it has a lot to do with your childhood. I mean, doesn't everything come back to what happened to you in your childhood? So let's learn more with the help of Dr. Marcus Pierce, leader of the Music Cognition Lab at Queen Mary University of London and honorary professor of neuroscience at Aarhus University. Dr. Pierce, thank you so much for joining us today. First off, do we all perceive music differently? Uh, yes, I think we do, uh, depending on the uh, experience that we've had, but also individual differences depend, uh, that depend on um, you know, our individual makeup. So in what way? Is it like my childhood would affect the type of musical taste I have? Yeah, so it's, it's a mixture of, uh, of, I think, of your genes and, and your experience. So on the experience side, the, the kind of music that, that you listen to uh, as, a, as a child um, can influence um, your, your perception of music and that there are some experiments with, with very young children within the first six months or, or 12 months of, of life. If you expose them to uh, different kinds of rhythms, then that has a, a measurable impact on their, um, their perception uh, of music, which <clears throat> then... Uh, over, over time, that sort of um, um, flexibility decreases. Um, so, so adults don't, don't show that kind of effect of, of experience. So it seems like early experience, you know, within the first five or ten years of life, um, do have an, uh, an influence on our on our perception of music. Really, so um, we, we can't also learn to love something later. Uh, no, you definitely can. Uh, you definitely can. I mean, there's there's, there's there's flexibility, I think, throughout the lifespan. But there are some things as with speech, um, that, that, that happened quite early on. Like what? Well, as, as I say, with, with, with rhythm, for example. So if you're exposed to the kinds of rhythms that appear in, uh, they appear a lot in, um, uh, in Turkish music um, and, 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 and uh, Balkan music, um, kinds of rhythms that we, we call them non-isochronous, so they don't, they don't repeat exactly. Listeners um, from those cultures perceive those, those, those rhythms very naturally, but they're quite hard for... Um, uh, uh, people from North America and Europe, um, Western Europe, to, to to perceive accurately. Hmm. So when and that's we, something that seems to happen quite 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 early on in life. Okay. So when we have, say, a taste for a particular type of music, what is it about that that appeals to us? Then is that the familiarity? Are we looking for certain notes, certain feelings? I think so, so some of it is is familiarity. But the interesting thing about familiarity is that you know we like things. We do like things that are familiar and predictable, and I think predictability is, is, is the key thing. Um, but things that are music that's, that's too predictable is, is is not interesting, becomes boring. And we probably had this experience of, uh, of of a piece of music. You know, you, you hear it and it um, uh, it sounds uh, sounds nice. You like, it, and then you listen to it a lot, and uh, after a while, it becomes too familiar, over familiar, and, and and boring. So what we seem to to like is. Um, a, a degree of predictability in the music that we listen to, but also a, um, a degree of unpredictability, a degree of surprise that, that makes the music interesting. And this goes across you know, other, other areas of um, perceptual experience as well. What, the question then is, you know, what is it that, that makes the music predictable? Okay, what is it that makes music predictable? <laughs> I, think, I think it's, uh, it's the experience that, that, that we have of music. So um, when we're um, growing up in, in, in a musical culture, the, uh, the the music that, that we hear, and often this is kind of incidental, um, so it's music on the radio or, or music um, that, that, you know, that we hear at home, leads us to kind of internalize the structure of the music. In the same way that we learn the grammar of, of language, we also 
internalize uh, the grammar of, of the music that we're exposed to. And so we have an, like, uh, a model in our heads of, of the structure of, of the music in the same way that we have an internal model of, of the grammar of language, uh, natural languages that we speak. Can you measure and, that? Yeah, this is what we do in experiments. Uh, so we, we, we run experiments where we ask people um, uh, to, do, you know, to listen to music and, and, and answer questions. And then we can see how predictable uh, the, the music is using a, ver- a variety of different methods. So we can look at the reaction times because more predictable things people respond to faster. Or we can look at how their brain responds. And there are particular brain responses uh, that, that indicate uh, when someone is surprised by the music. Hmm. So when you're measuring kind of the impact of music on the brain, what do you see? Like, how does the brain react to music? So one of the measures that, that, that we use is electroencephalography or, or um, magnetoencephalography, which um, this, is, this is where we, we record the electrical responses that the, of the brain on, on the scalp. And we, we use this for music a lot because it, uh, it gives us a very good temporal resonance, so we can measure very fast responses, whereas something like fMRI, for example, which measures where blood flows in the brain, it takes the blood a certain amount of time to get to where it's going, so it's, it's, it's a uh, a slower response. Um, and what we see with electroencephalography are, are quite fast responses. So when a note uh, plays in, in, in the music, um, within the first sort of 200 milliseconds after that note has, has been heard, that the brain responds with a, a signal um, that, that, the, that reflects how predictable that note was. So we are that good at that. Your, our brain really does respond to Do we respond to speech this way? Is, is music unique in that way? No, I don't think so. So there, there are similar, I mean, they're different brain responses, but similarly fast to, to speech. But we can distinguish the responses to music from responses to, to speech. So what do we think it is about music, Dr. Pierce, that makes the brain respond in this way? It, I think it's, it's this internal model that, 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 we've, that we've learned. Through, through experience, and the interesting thing is, it might be different for um, for you uh, to you know than it is from someone from from a different culture that's that's learnt a, a different model. And so that means that something that's surprising for you in music might not be surprising for uh, someone from a different musical culture, and, and vice versa. Um, one of the the interesting things I think about about music is that it's um, uh, th- th- this 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 model depends on um, memory. So you have to memorize the um, music that we've listened to in the past, but also the, you know, the music that we're currently listening to in, in, in short-term memory. And um, we have to make comparisons between the music that, that we're listening to now and the, the, the notes that we've heard in, in, in the past. Um, then whether, whether the, the, the note is expected or unexpected has an impact on our uh, experience of, of pleasure. And as I said, intermediate degrees of, of uh, predictability are, uh, seem to be more pleasurable. Huh. Like something that's not too complex, but also not too simple. So music kind of brings together all these different aspects, um, so you know, uh, memory and, and um, kind of similarity comparisons and, and pleasure. So lots of different psychological functions um, are probed when we listen to a piece of music. Well, thank you so much for explaining it to us this morning. Not at all. Tina, you thought it was so simple. There's just some music you like and some you don't, but oh no, no, it goes much deeper than that. That's Dr. Marcus Pierce, leader of the Music Cognition Lab at Queen Mary University of London and honorary professor of neuroscience at Aarhus University.